0: a slider from White Castle, I have to keep my mind in line and be patient, cause all I wanna do is rock the mic to standing ovations, but that day will soon come, I tell myself, But now I gotta stay content.
1: Yo, yo, what up, what up, y'all, I'm back, Peter Agostin is my name, this show is called The Houseless Podcast, thank you guys, it feels like it's been a while since I recorded an intro or or dropped an episode somehow, you know, I don't know, time is funny like that, Uh, so yes, here we are, Uh, great show, and hello everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is my weekly podcast. Um, If you are just uh, learning about it, checking it out for the first time, uh, shout out to all the subscribers up to this point. You can catch us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, all that good stuff. Um, Okay, so my show today is with the brothers Nick and Gideon Black. Uh, formerly of Lexicon, their duo, hip-hop duo. And um, they have a website that sort of commemorates the history of this group. Now, now it's called Lexicon.rip. Go there. lexico Rip, um, And you can kind of see the lineage of this now defunct uh, group that started in 1996 and basically ended included in 2013 um, and I've known these guys for a long time it seems like and, and you know this is kind of like a part of the journey of this particular podcast of mine is uh, reconnecting with a lot of people that I worked with over different periods of time and often people that I'm currently working with like if you go back to the most recent episode before this Cynthia Slay Bush Tetra's iconic post-punk no wave group uh, from New York. Cynthia and I work together right now in the here and now lexicon as a group. Um, and Gid and Nick I've known for a long time. Like I said, and we collaborated a lot, like in the year 2001, that was like a, a time that we did a bunch of stuff. So you can kind of catch that, like both on the intro song and the outro song of this particular show. Um, songs that were ripped from their uh, sophomore album, really their proper debut album in a way, but they're, uh, it's the L. So I did scratches, I did cuts, DJ cuts, on those two tracks, Nightfall being the one I played in the beginning. It's pro- produced by uh, Chris Portugal, a.k.a. Thess One, of people on the stairs, who, who've done a couple of episodes of this very podcast, which I recommend going back and checking out. And... Um, yeah, I did cuts on the other one, uh, 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 Charismatic Rapper, which we end on. That, that's like literally the year 2000, I think, that we did that. And um, even I guess I directed and shot uh, pretty much what is my first music video her song off that same album called nike head some of you may remember this hip-hop nerds will remember this hip-hop heads of that era and if you ever followed my also somewhat defunct um, video compilation series culturama that was featured on it and that was kind of made for it that was a long-running independent underground music video collection that i put out on vhs and eventually dvds um and I think Nike had, was on volume three, if I'm not mistaken, three or four. so we talk about it, we catch up. I hadn't talked to guys in a long time, so it was really it was actually really great to see them. Um, they're good buddies of mine, although much many years had passed, and we just sort of picked up where we left off in a way. I met them in LA this was recorded in LA. Um, at their offices of the, this new uh, uh, venture that they're doing called um, EXGF. It's like a, a collective that they created that has their hands like in a bunch of different facets of the music industry, marketing and licensing, placements, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, they they seem to be... Um, doing a lot of cool projects they're involved a lot of stuff and it was kind of interesting to just like hear that um in the context of our conversation obviously like i dug pretty deep into into the past and reminiscing and kind of like remembering weird stories and stuff so if you're a fan of these dudes you're definitely in for a treat it's another kind of fun kind of candid conversation and i'm feeling pretty loose because uh, this was like near the tail end of my time in los angeles recording and um Yeah, we had fun with it. You know, it was just cool. I love doing this podcast. I I think now I'm going to even start venturing into just conversations with really charismatic people that are artists or uh, but that you may be even less familiar with. So I'm trying to look at new ways to um, continue growing and progressing with this show, with the house list. Um, I don't want it to always just be about music or hip hop or anything in particular, but I do want it to revolve around um, compelling conversations with charismatic people, opinionated people, um, people that have stories to tell uh, and, and things like that, obviously, because I, I, I don't think you would want to listen to anything less. I don't want to spend the amount of time I spend doing these on anything less than that either as well as uh, editing these. Uh, It was CJ Editing. and Shout out to uh, Controller7, who's helped out a couple episodes uh, recently, too, with the editing tip. You know, we're just making this work. Um, It's very much a labor of love. And that's why if you go to our SoundCloud page, SoundCloud.com, the houseless podcast, you'll see I got a little donation thing in there, too. Um, uh, shoot five, dollars and it helps go towards the expenses it costs to produce this show for free for y'all little plug again, go to lexicon.rip. You'll see the whole lineage of this group. And we kind of really fill in the blanks in some of the places with the story of just, you know, these guys are two blood brothers and, um, their journey. And I love talking to brothers. I have a brother myself. I have an older brother and, um, I love that dynamic between when you're talking to two brothers at the same time, there's something pretty unique about that as well. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. If this is your first time, hey, feel free to subscribe or send this to a friend that you think might be into it or anything like that. I appreciate the support and people lending their ear and their time within their very busy schedule to check out this show, The Houseless Podcast. All right. Enjoy my conversation with Gideon and Nick, a.k.a. FKA Lexicon. Uh, It's been quite a while since the last time I saw y'all. And when we were hanging, I mean, you know, for a period of time, we kind of did some pretty interesting creative projects. But we were just like boys, too, ultimately, when it came down to it, I think. And uh, But, I mean, since we've already been hanging out for a couple minutes and we were trying to, like, not talk about shit, I was trying to prevent us from... Uh, reminiscing too quickly. Which was difficult. Yeah, it was very difficult. Yeah. So I want to like, you know, there's a lot to catch up on. Because it's been like, I would say it's been like the better part of a decade. I think so. If not more. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to figure out what would be a a good place to start. Whether it's the last time I saw you or how maybe even we we connected in the first place. I, I actually don't remember how we met. I mean, I remember it started with the Culture Nike
2: head video, but yeah. I don't remember... But something but must have led to it that, because I, you know, I shot it. Yeah, so. so I don't remember who introduced us, or how that came about, or, I, or what our actual first meeting was. And
3: that was before DJ Fisher, and the oh, time yeah. we spent in New York, by That's like right. two years, I this think, This was like right?
2: the first thing we did, ever. Yeah. I mean,
1: this was our first video, this was our first, like... It's one of very few videos I shot and directed, which at that time, I thought that that would have been my career path. And had I, I look back at that time too, because that was 2000, the year 2000 mm-hmm. or 2001. It yeah, was, I mean, time, yeah, right? I
3: think it was 2000. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, which, you know, now is, we're edging closer to that being 20 years ago. It's um, crazy. Yeah. And I, you know, had I stuck in, uh, if I just would have moved to LA and stuck in that path, you never know what would happen. But imagine if all you needed was a laptop now, though, instead of like converting the tapes yes, to video and, and analog and everything.
2: God, you know, uh, just to do like a VHS. Video was like yes. thousands of dollars, but so if they you look
1: back, right there. if you look, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> if you look back at that time, though, I mean, for what Nike had was as far as like a low, very low budget, a no budget video, basically, yeah, yeah. shot on high eight, uh, and basically walking whatever the like, uh, you know, several block radius of your, of, I think it was your apartment, right. Mm-hmm. It was his apartment. Oh. Yeah. We did that, and then, and then Melrose, and then
2: Melrose yeah, and right. actually went to, like, 40 LA. That yes. scene where you,
3: we had the guy reject the credit card. I oh, always yeah. watched that, and I laugh. Because you could see, like, a, one of the other owners or one of the other guys in the background, like, oh, I don't know if this is working.
1: Right. <laughs> but the the actual dude, who I he think... Was with it. He, yeah, he yeah. was totally into yeah. it. He, he played very well into the scene. You gave him some light direction. Yeah,
3: and he stuff. was an up-and-coming actor there for mm-hmm. a minute. I don't so where was that apartment career. at? That was... National Boulevard in in West LA okay yeah Palms
2: oh cool yeah
3: Yeah. so which has changed a lot
1: I can only imagine I don't don't think I've been back there where we shot the,
2: the Nike head the back of that record we're at the old train yard and that now is the blue line Oh, no so way. Yeah, <laughs> and that, so now there's, like, all sorts of, like, restaurants and things. Like, anything off the blue line is now being, like, heavily developed. So, oh, so
1: all that was nothing at that It was point. literally, like,
2: abandoned train yards where there was, like, tons of graffiti and, like, good place to take hip-hop pictures.
3: Yeah, And then we walked
1: down the street, too, with the old man scene. was it? I think that was, like, right off the sporty L.A. block. Yeah.
3: And then there was, yeah, stuff on the balcony of the apartment yeah through the screen do you remember uh, it
1: was the uh, an effect before you could really throw any effects on it at all it was uh, yeah it gave some great texture yeah crosshatch and then we were sat by
2: the pool yeah i'm yep. eating an apple. an apple i mean that was just genius directing there or or ad-libbing whoever went with that like that was, yes was that, like, that was
3: like a biblical reference right
2: like there were layers
3: there to that eating of the apple i think so now looking back yeah i mean
1: before shadowing uh <laughs> and my friend, Wendy Morgan, who en- ended up editing Wendy that, Morgan. was a great video director at that time. She's done some amazing stuff. She won a Much Music Award, but went on to do... She did a lot of videos for Janelle Monae. Oh, wow. Uh, the Killers. No, no shit. shit. Yeah. Yeah, she, uh, at the time, was doing, like, Mocha Only, Swollen Members, okay. many contemporaries of yours of that period of time yeah. in the... Um, lexicon spy tech kind of era yeah. yep. you know yep. which I'd love to talk about that's one chapter yeah. I guess but, yeah. th- but since I, I haven't seen you guys in so long too um I mean you left you also like left the country for a while right you- we
2: did we moved to Paris for about like three three four years um, it wasn't totally intentional um, okay we you know Coming out of Youth Is Yours, we wanted to make something that was like really meant something to us and was different and everything. And uh, and we we added like a full band and tried to make this like dance rock, right. Franz Ferdinand meets Beastie Boys kind of thing. And everyone in America hated it so much. <laughs> okay. I mean, we literally had fans like threatening to fight us. Really? Like, yeah, like people you like
3: pop mentality at that at that <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, and it, it was, was like, a departure. If, if you yeah. if you put anything other than program drums and samples. Yeah. On the song, then you're a traitor. And our lyrics, you know I mean?
2: lyrics were—I don't—I don't, I don't want to say dumbed down, but we—we we got more into songwriting, you know, and it right. became less about like being complex and more about like you know catchy lyrics and things like that. And and right. it pissed everyone off. But there was this small label in France that had had a uh, kind of been with us while we were trying to figure out what our sound would be uh-huh. and we're very patient and once every other label that was interested in us was like this shit sucks <laughs> um, uh-huh. they were still there and oh, so, so that was enough
1: of an anchor yeah,
2: yeah. so we we went out there no, to literally three shows. yeah we did, went to do three shows and in those three shows like i don't know what it was but paris just took to us and we booked like their this festival Solidays, which is like the coachella and we after like our second show, they booked us for holidays. They booked us for this, so they were like, "All right, you're coming back out in a month." And then it was like, "Come back out in two months. Come back out in three months." Oh, and cool. then eventually, it was just like, "Fuck it, man. We didn't have shit going on here. Couldn't like pay for play shows and garbage like that going right. on in LA. Even at the level that we thought we were at, we couldn't fucking make any moves in America. And, and we really
3: couldn't jump back on an underground hip hop bill, having like. <laughs> Stuff that sounded like the killers and Franz Ferdinand, right. you know what I'm yeah, saying? Right. Like it, it had gone too far to kind of come back.
1: Yeah, I can understand that. And yeah. we
3: kind of,
2: so we went Yeah, there right. just wasn't yeah. room
3: for us to create our own lane here. I mean, America's right. tough. And, and underground hip hop had its
2: ceiling for
1: sure, well, especially at like, that time. Now you're talking about this particular time. It's yeah. kind of jumping. It's obviously jumping ahead a little bit in like your the story yeah, of lexicon totally, yeah. specifically because it's like you're already like. Essentially, three albums. Yeah, deep. totally, exactly. You count all of them. Yeah, totally. By Rockstars, which is that one? That is that the that's the one that would come out. The French one. Rapstars. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that yes. came out in two thousand
3: and ten. Right. The, the single Junk Food, the one that got us on that festival solides, right. that came out. We put that out what like late oh eight. Yeah, we did like a Rapstars
2: EP first. Oh, and that was like, even in 07. We released 07. that ourselves.
3: Yeah. yeah. That attracted the attention of Laid Back, the French label, that then re released. Oh, right. The same uh Do you know them?
1: I'm familiar with them,
2: yeah. they did a stuff with like Big Just and a yeah. bunch of other stuff. That was yeah. how he was they've they've since kind of departed from hip hop in a way too. Or sure. I don't know what they I don't even think they're putting out music these days. But but yeah. they they kind of, you know, started putting out like Chinese experimental noise and all this
1: shit. Yeah. Like they kind of went on a, the, a journey. Uh, of,
3: um, but they started Radioactive radio inactive. Yeah. They did oh, they cool. released some of his shit.
1: Yes, another LA yeah. legend of totally. that same era. Totally exactly. Yep. Yeah. So I mean that those years, like 08 and through 2010 and 11, yeah. they're not the, the most memorable years of, in the genre of hip hop either. Yeah, you know, it it's was true. A, it yeah, and there was a giant, like, you know, technological paradigm shift to totally. yeah, and shit, like the Myspace era, you know, was like a very particular time, you know, which Absolutely. Is like so far in the rearview mirror. Yeah, in a way. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean,
2: everything, and especially with as fast as everything's moving. But yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely a different time. But yeah, we just, we just kind of, you know, I mean, even with youth is yours, we were. I don't want to use the word like anti underground hip hop, but we we had a different sensibility than most of the scene, and we. Youth is Yours was a completely conceptual record to us. There's not one song that's like braggadocio hip hop on there. There's no bat, like, we made little, little snippets to prove we could still like battle rap that are just like right. fade in, fade out yes. songs. Yeah. But like Xanax we, or whatever. Yeah, Tomax and Zaymot, which oh, right, were right. two uh, GI Joe characters that were twin brothers. But were they? I mean, yeah. One
3: word is the other spelled backwards. Yeah. Right. Oh,
2: but they weren't like cobras, right? They were either. cobra. They, they were. were. And if like you punched one, the other one would fall. Like it was. Uh, so, like, I'm, I'm sorry, were, like I think I remember. They were in cartoon
3: if... for like three episodes. They were one of those ones they made a figure of, but had right. no relevance. But they were
2: like kind of high up in the ranks. Yeah, like yeah. and the scars on the opposite cheeks. Yeah. Uh, so they yeah. were like I'm sorry, I starting to remember
1: that. They had figures. Yeah, they had figures, and it was a two-pack. It was a. T- oh, that came as a two-pack. Yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys were into that, your GI Joe. Oh yeah. So,
2: <laughs> so that was like our little. But so, so we kind of already were were saw ourselves as like the rock guys in hip hop. And you know, yeah. I mean, I wore skinny jeans and a blazer yeah. while we were playing shows with Two Max and Elemento. You know, I mean, yeah, it right. was like we definitely tried and prided ourselves and, and existed in that world. So to us it was it was a pretty natural transition mm-hmm. to actually add the guitars and to actually do this. Um but yeah, I guess we were we weren't weren't really expecting it to not really do that well here. But we went with it and it was where we were going and it was what we were where we were mentally and okay. so France was really it and and then we went from playing, you know, shows in LA, hip hop shows, which were like, you know, seventy five dudes in, in big jeans. And then going to France and playing to like, you know, a bunch of girls, French girls, Parisian girls that were like into the music (laughs) and into this shit. We were like, uh, all right, let's balance this out. Do we want to go battle rap or do we want to make like, you know, poppy dance rock in Paris? And, you know, and it just kind of became what we were doing. And and I don't even know. A, I think the complexity of what we were saying didn't matter because of the language barrier. And B, a lot of people didn't even consider us rap. I, I think it was more along the lines of like cake or some band that just kind right, of okay. talked yeah. their lyrics, where it was like a lot of reviews and everything. When we would bring up our hip hop past, they'd be like, "Oh, really? Would was you like, do
1: any of those songs?" No. No. I think oh, wow, we would do, that's a no, trip. No, we would yeah. do.
3: We would do. I'll be alright if you stay for the night. Mm-hmm. And I, because early on we had just a DJ C minus, who you may know. Of course, yeah. So he he came out and and um, was the DJ for the first few. And then we linked up with this Irish DJ named DJ Flip, who maybe oh, you know. Him. Yes. he's like a DMC channel. Yeah yeah, 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 I yeah, remember yeah. So he toured with us a bunch, and, oh, wow. uh, and we're and we love him too. He he DJed my wedding in in, in uh, France yeah, last year, and like he's coming bander, out to his yeah. wedding this year too. Oh, dope. Um. And but yeah, in in that period, then we added uh, we added a band, and then once we added the band, obviously, then we weren't just playing. Mm instrumentals off the vinyl and that's right, right. that's when like i think we what we maybe we did do rock
2: i think we did rock maybe and maybe voodoo a couple times yes. right. um all of those were from you yours. Yours. yeah, yeah. Right, we never right. did i mean i don't think we performed a song off of it's the l probably since like a unity show in la and like, really yeah. i mean yeah like, well i would
1: love to talk about can we go back Let's a little back further go out, yeah yeah because i mean obviously i mean even Unity, I mean, is a very specific and important part of L.A. hip-hop history, yeah. Yeah. and you guys go, I mean, not only with um, From It's the L, but I mean I mean, back into Antiquity, wow, we, can, yeah. we could go there, yeah. which is also great, I mean, that's like your first record, first release. Yeah. Um, but, and then there was the single on Concentrated or something like that that was like around the same time as Antiquity, I guess. Yeah, yeah totally. Which is what, 97?
3: I think the twelve inch on concentrated was was uh, yeah ninety seven and antiquity was ninety eight probably like eight six to eight months apart or something like that.
1: Wow! The, the
2: very first release though was with Library Crew, and oh. that was a tape on B Boy Kingdom. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's In 96. some real, that's some OG LA shit. And though, it was B-boy us, Kingdom. Yeah, and it was it was Library Crew was what like what I was in in high school and when kid was in college. It was a uh, subtitle. This group, of Lyrical Lunatics. Who was um, in that? Uh, just these guys from Oxnard. I don't, I don't think any of them went on to keep doing music, but it was just kind of this 805, like Lootpack, and all them were from 805, and then right. we were like the other crew of like the weird, you know, hippie skater dudes, and right. then we had this like thug crew called Lyrical Lunatics who were like. Of,
3: it was kind of brockhampton It like, was, sorry, yeah, from, like we the we old well. version. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> 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 and we weren't painting ourselves blue, but right. cause that would that's a no no in hip hop. Yeah, that would <laughs> you would
2: shunned yeah. immediately yeah. if you did yeah. But uh-huh. yeah,
3: it was like. So that was no, our we first were...
2: release, though. Yeah, it was a was a five song tape that that uh, Jace Moon put
1: out, and uh, that's dope. Yeah, that was that and was and that have. was in ninety six. I thought I had the first one, which was Antiquity, which is old enough, old enough. Yeah, yeah old enough. but that was it was that was our first CD release. Was right. Antiquity. So wait, totally. so tell me more about um, the Library Crew stuff. Like, so where? So this is at what point? In, so,
2: you, 94 be, to 97, probably. But did yeah. you
1: guys... So you guys grew up here? Or you no. came here at what time?
3: We came here... We were... I went to UCSB. That's where we met mm-hmm. all these dudes. Right, he right. He was living in Santa Barbara. He was, was going to Santa, Santa Barbara High. So yeah. the
1: Oxnard guys are kind of close enough to, yeah. to Santa Barbara. Yeah, and the whole kind yeah. of 805 community. It was and the at, radio station. Yeah. It was because it was oh, right. KCSB.
3: Oh, um, yes. All right. 91.9 9 FM mm-hmm. up in Santa Barbara like Madlib would be there non-stop like just going through records
2: and, really? and you know finding shit to like sample and and then Todd's show Mums the Word yeah, exactly. oh, had a Mums show word, yes. he had a show
3: up there that's where we met him
2: and that was and it was like on a Friday night it was like you'd be in there and it would be like us and Madlib and everyone would just be like waiting for their chance to spit a hot 16 and right, it was right. like and it was fun and I mean it was you know I was 15 years old right yeah, um, yeah, we were all
3: actually in college like yeah, 18, yeah. 19 years old right,
1: right um yeah, well, I mean, that was the era that was like the kind of golden age of college radio to yeah, so non-commercial God. radio, like the mid to late 90s in a way. We would
3: rush to that station like every week <laughs> just to go through the 20 new releases that were right. like all classic records. Go to right. the right. studio you know yeah. I mean, B and make a mixtape. We would uh, like, so. we had like
2: the code and we would like sneak in and right. just be like making a tape of everything new that's out. There
3: was oh. nothing oh. not good that came out <laughs> right. in hip hop then. It was just nonstop good material.
1: So when did you guys, like, kind of uh, figure that you would want to start recording records together or We doing were songs? already,
2: we were doing, like, basically in 94, I was still living in San Diego, and he had had his freshman year already at college. And he had met, there was this guy, Frank Ramirez, who okay. um, was, like, old school hip-hop in Santa Barbara, and he had a show on public access TV, Oh yeah, Um, like a video show, and was like kind of like an OG, like like uh, just real old school vibe and everything. And then we had made friends with him, and basically during a summer, he was like record a demo and see what it is. And we wrote like six songs over the uh, what what make uh, it was a what not Funkmaster Flex. Oh, the DJ 45 King Instrumentals. DJ instrumental. 45 King Instrumentals. We wrote, <laughs> we wrote a demo over those. And uh, yeah. and he loved it and put us on the radio and put us on the video show. And from there, like basically, it was like an advertisement to the entire 805 hip-hop scene. Right. And we met everyone after that. Like those are those two kids that yeah. rap. Oh, I went to – this was actually before school. Okay. So I started I
3: that aired a week before he yeah, went to high school I started, started, started at grade. high school So he had to go into high school having that Having just happened and I battled kids at high
2: school knew already I battled saw every dude in, I, I was forced to battle every single right. day For about like two months Was basically like boys club after school battle Boys club right. after school battle Seven mile <laughs> <So Yeah. totally. laughs> Well and, uh, you had to prove yourself Because they saw you up on the screen And yeah, they are like probably. who the fuck is this And it was like a white kid rapping Which was right. still like not as normal sure. as, as it is now and uh, yeah but we it just you know we paid our dues and got in and got in with like the freestyle crews, and it was you know a lot of people were actually up in Santa Barbara at the time there was you know yeah, a lot of people really vibrant. yeah it was and really? I mean yeah. there'd be like the alcoholics would just be there freestyling one night and people would just oh. it was definitely like there was a a slight connection to the area and right. uh A lot of people that were going to school there, like, went on to do big stuff in music and stuff. It was definitely, like, a a boiling point for a lot of people that moved down to L.A. and did stuff down here too, promoters and stuff like that. And I
1: would think it's the time, like, you know, when you say the the licks were up there, I mean, this is, like, these are guys that are signed to, like, a prominent label at the time, and they would go drive whatever two hours it is yeah. to get to... I mean, depending on where they're coming from. But, like, you know, yeah, Santa Barbara really... isn't that close. Yeah, right? totally. But to go just to freestyle on the radio, where that was really the main outlet, you know, to do shit. I mean, it's just such, like, a kind of classic, sort of historic, yeah. traditional hip-hop thing. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, for guys like us that have been now doing this for... that are in this like kind of 20 year zone thing yeah. and I find this a lot with the on the podcast and with people that I talk to too is that we kind of come out of that particular era so it's like that early 90s thing that's so now so different from what's happening with the work that we do today I mean we have to kind of have adjusted so many times over yeah that um, it's it's just a trip it's 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 kind of funny to think back that even you guys now are you know you're obviously very active in the industry still and have kind of evolved in your own ways and stuff like that, but that you came out of that period of time, too, because, yeah. I mean, you're talking about, like, 94 is, you know, that's not, you know... Maybe, maybe people, a lot of people associate you with Youth, youth is Yours or yeah, whatever, yeah. or even with It's the L, but, you know, obviously you had to come from somewhere and rap in, like, at 14 or 15, you know. it's dope,
2: yeah, it's cool.
1: We were trying it all. We were selling mixtapes and really? doing
2: graffiti and trying to do everything. I mean, we Man. were just in. We were in. I mean, we would go to New York. Our grandparents lived out there, and we would literally, like, bring a backpack full of demos to, like, Bobito's shoe store. And really? To, like, everywhere. We would we just try it so hard. Like, right. really tried so hard. Remember <laughs> we that
3: immediate wild pitch? Yeah, totally. Like, some dude really? set up. I think it was one of Frank Ramirez's Frank Ramirez, boys yeah. set us up with a immediate wild pitch, and we were like, Felt, felt like we were walking into, like, fucking King Tut's tomb, you know what I mean? <laughs> I remember at the end, I, like, I just wanted to ask
2: him for a sticker. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> got, I know, that was all I was there. I was <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's really cool, you're interested in us, but do you have a, do you have a sticker? <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: mean, I just put hilarious. out that Wild
3: Pitch Classics. You remember that compilation? Of course, yes. Yeah, oh
1: that's God. a, yeah, a classic record, yeah. a classic compilation. All the, the greatest records that they did. I mean, Time's Up's on that. Time's yeah. Up, I mean, exactly. uh, Manifest yep. on that. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, a lot of looking at the front doors on there. Yeah, uh, and then barbecues some unreleased, yeah, the main those, source yeah. thing too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, how my man went down the game. Exactly. Gang, exactly. The classic. Uh, nice memory. There. Yes. Uh, wow, that's a trip. Yeah. So you guys were trying to, you know, get that, that deal. That's when people yeah. were seeking records. What you wanted, yeah. and we loved it too. I mean, it was
2: like, I mean, the whole the grind. I mean, it was everything. I mean, the yeah. like trying to make it in hip hop was hip hop. Yes. Like it's, it's like, like it's like juice or any of those. It's like right. the story was trying to make it. The story was going. I mean, you know, we didn't wear backpacks because it was cool. It was like we're backpacks because literally a test pressings in there that we right. would like give to some DJ that I've never talked to before and like, <laughs> excuse me, can you play my record? Like you know, it was like people don't now you just DM someone and like. You no, know, yeah. but that's such
3: a good way to put it to actually draw the line with the difference. Like the story was. About that, whereas now the story is what happens after. Right? Yeah. Right? Mean, so, I mean, so now it's about being up. rich and yeah. balling and like yeah. making. Yeah, then you don't want to talk about yeah. what life was like before the success. Yeah. Whereas no, like, yeah. 90s hop was about the
2: grind. I, I was listening
3: yeah. to the record to Youth is Yours for the re release the other day, and I was like, all we did was talk about being broke.
2: But that <laughs>
3: it's just unheard of. Is there any other genre anywhere where? You you right. talked about being broke, yeah. right? And that was dope. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's amazing.
2: Yeah, I know.
3: Because it was about getting there. Yeah, because hip hop itself was a genre that was probably just still getting it there. was it was right. like,
2: Yeah, it was a collective conscious of yeah. like pay attention, not pay attention, but like respect us as a genre. Yeah,
3: totally. And then hip hop became Frankenstein, and it just is now a monster that can't be stopped, for yeah. better or for worse.
1: Yeah, that's I mean that's why I kind time. of even talking about it too is it gets so i mean nostalgic might be it's not that's not exactly like the way i would like to describe it or articulate it but it feels so different in many ways um that because of how you would try to get your it was so much more involved it wasn't just not only were you trying to shop a deal but you were also like super interested in other artists accomplishments yeah. Yeah. too yeah. and kind of being there was a slightly more of a communal thing and less yeah. about yeah. like, there like a me today? thing like
3: or is, is because it's all online is there like no scenes
1: no well i think i think by by our use of the phones too we become already like you know in a psychological way we're much more isolated and yeah. we're in our own heads in a, in a way where we're not forced to kind of like have to like approach someone with yeah. a physical thing and be yeah. like, "Yo," and, and state our little pitch, our little thing or whatever, yeah, and show that we're dope or whatever. Yeah, it was it was, like, it was definitely. No,
3: no, you just go to your Instagram page, and like that's where you find out. Yeah, you know, and someone just... can
1: read it in their own mind and rocket. kind of like interpret it that way. Yeah, and... you can edit your email like a
2: hundred times. I mean, we yeah. I, we literally used to write letters to just like Loud Records address, right. like A and R at and like. And it was expensive this to time. make a CD. I mean, even oh, that. Yeah. So it was like it was like a you know thirty dollar blind investment to just send a package to an address. Right. I yeah. mean, obviously, never got a call back from any of them. But like, who even saw it? It's yeah. like now there's literally like twenty interns whose job is to to go on hype machine or go on something and see right. like what's doing well. And you get a call from a label. If you have like a tiny bit of buzz. Like, right, I mean, right. God, to have gotten a call from a label, <laughs> any label at any point in time in the 90s would have been like,
4: holy shit, how'd they get my number? How'd they get like yeah. this? How'd that callback was non existent, <laughs> yeah, like- which
1: was probably why all those, like the indie boom even happened. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, for right. sure. Yeah. Which is what you guys obviously were a big part of that here. And I led with, I guess, the, what well, Antiquity came out on. Concentrated, yes or no? Yeah. Or was okay, that self-released?
3: No, that was Concentrated. It okay. was, right? Yeah. No, maybe it was self. No, it was Concentrated. It was. It was Concentrated.
2: Yeah. So that was... That came out on Concentrated. Where did you record that? That was recorded... So Concentrated had... No, we did Did we record that? The Concentrated Studios? Yep. Yeah. So yeah. that was... So Mums word was Concentrated. He moved down... Here. We all moved down here together. He was actually living at your place in Palms.
3: Yeah, and then had an apartment and in then, the same building. And then in the same oh. building, that's yeah. right. And, oh. then,
2: and then we went, the, the, uh, there was a studio on, it was on like La Brea and San Vicente. Okay. Um, like right near like World on Wheels and like stuff. Yeah. And, it was, uh, and it was just this little tiny like strip mall office studio. And um, Yo, I forget the, the partner, it the partner. The
3: partner was this dude, Tone, yeah, who managed Combo. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Combo. Yeah. And like, yeah, I forget the name of the studio and the vibe, but it was cool. It was fun. I mean, we, we had just moved down to LA and like, right. I mean, you're it was so young, exciting kind of as thing. shit. Yeah. And it was so cool. I mean, this is all we ever wanted. And, you know, we were actually like, you know, getting, you know, at least a, a handshake from dudes that I was you know had their tapes of so you know it was right. cool it was like LA it, like we were already kind of embracing the LA scene from a distance but enough that it was like we were allowed in somewhat so right so uh so we recorded it there and yeah I don't know we won't so what get So when, when did the unity stuff happen was that, that around that time or that was, was it around it's the L it time?
3: was then well so Probably we more towards this the all time I think yeah, yeah
2: so at the end of, like while we were recording well no I don't know. It's we had we had like it was the concentrated era, and that kind of ended very sharply at the right when we came out with antiquity, right?
3: Yeah,
1: I, I mean, think so. In the grand canon of labels, too, I don't think a lot of people recall that label. Too, it was a very specific totally. thing. It only there weren't a ton of titles. It was off. us and yeah, Calo Col- Elemento El- 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 did a El- El- twelve out. inch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah I mean, you, yeah.
2: And it was yeah, and, it, and then we, we kind of had a there was like a weird thing that happened. We were supposed to there was a song that we had done after that that was supposed to come out. So it was when we were doing the unity stuff because we had we had a song that was supposed to be like the the next big single off of it and it was called Six Shooter. Mm-hmm. And it was us oh, yeah. and Merce and no, it wasn't, oh, not Merce, it was us, uh, yeah, it, it was us, it, it, out was out. us so and, it was us and it was us and Kazi, Elemento, Tumex, and Iris Science. Okay. And uh hip was gonna put it out. Okay. And a young Shepherd Fairy did the artwork. Oh wow. It was like this whole thing, and we were like set up for all this shit, and um we had like a weird falling out we concentrated. And we had like a weird little beef with Living Legends and all the I, things just got kind of weird. And they, they, then they put it out, they put, put out Merce. the song with Merce instead of us
3: Merce and Combo or Merce and somebody.
2: Yeah, I forget, but uh, one of those, yeah, it got kind of weird. And, and we were literally like talk, telling the story on, we're we'll just jumping into the next thing, yeah. we were telling the story on an interview on Irvine Radio to Cheap Shot, who was the DJ. Yes, there. yes. And yes. after the interview, he's like, I'm starting a label, I'm starting Spytech. So it was, like, this very, like, seamless transition. And then to join up with, like, the other outcasts. Styles of Beyond who like no one in the underground scene really liked either so it was like we became like the heels kind we of talk, We,
3: like, we so much shit that it just built a bubble around <laughs> us where yeah. we literally uh-huh. became
2: like the wrestling heels it was like we joined <laughs> up with like the bad guys and we're like fuck it oh, which that's just, like, yeah, totally. cause they already had beef with living legends and they already had like all these kind of like squabbles Ryu was like didn't give a fuck about anyone and like right. taught us how to not give a fuck about people cause we cared so much right. so.
1: but the LA as an outsider to LA cause yeah. I, didn't, I didn't live I've never Lived here, yeah. you know. I lived in California, but a very different part of the state, clearly. Mm-hmm. And I'm an East Coast guy, too, so um, but I've always observed as an outsider um, how competitive that period of time with hip hop acts was, especially both in LA and in the Bay, but like yeah. in California, it was. There was a lot of competition. It was. Uh, it was, you know. and I mean,
2: it was we. You know, it was weird because we were we were friendly with visionaries and we were friendly right. with dilated peoples, and uh, it's not like we got like blacklisted when all this shit went down. But it was like it went from like having the cosign of having them literally come out during our sets, mm-hmm. which like was a big deal, you know. Yeah, and then yeah. and then to yeah, to, we
3: opened for we opened for Eminem at the Whiskey. Like no. like two months before my name is hit M T V yeah. and Madlib came out in our set that night. Yeah,
1: totally. <laughs> That's amazing. And uh,
3: I think Dell the Funky Homo sapien performed. Yeah. Funny little thing, do I you can find footage of just the M and M part of that on YouTube. There's no none of the like openers. The yeah. yeah. And there is truly not one girl in the entire crowd. <laughs> it's all dudes with big baggy jeans, huge jackets on, and now you know it was like hundred and twenty degrees oh, in sir. <laughs> so I funny. saw.
1: I remember seeing you guys play at the whiskey. Do you remember this at all? was that I went backstage it's the one and only time I ever went to the not the Eminem whiskey.
3: one it was probably dilated no it
1: was much later I don't even think it was it was some just other one of those nights it was like a own, 3M production night like, I think it was something like chilling. that it wasn't like a, a big cracking bill yeah it was like you guys headlining it or huh. something it was a special event thing and I remember going backstage Funny. and also watching this was around the time of it's the L I mean it yeah. Was, yeah maybe a 01 it was probably not Far from when we shot Nikehead, it. it might have been around the same time. Totally, totally. For what it's worth. I don't yeah, know if you yeah. recall this or not. No, I totally do. Because you played a bunch of gigs in
2: LA, obviously. Yeah, tons,
1: yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. at
2: that point we were, and especially then, like, between that transition, because there was tons of hip-hop shows every right. week, so we would, you know, play it on a lot of those builds Malathion, and Malathion. And Malathion. No. shows. They were no, they no, were no, no, dude. No. they were a great production crew I forget like who was the dudes but they did a lot at like Troubadour okay. um, It and was is like, always
3: not shit and yeah. then like a cool East Coast artist would be on the bill you would okay. be like if High and Mighty came to town or something like that they would so be this is on post
1: that. Unity probably right? it's, at same it's at the same time oh was it? yeah yeah, okay. yeah.
3: No.
2: and then there was uh, yeah and then the three M Productions that do three H. Um, he, he was like a A&R guy but he threw these things at the whiskey and that uh-huh. was like a lot of stuff and, and then the knitting factory and then, knitting factory, yes. and then B-Boy Kingdom and then right. so there was basically like if you were doing it at that time you could play twice a month right. in LA right. and actually like You know, get paid, have people come to your shows. Like it was like being a real like LA had a like the scene here was dope. You know, because it was we would open for Black IPs, we'd open for Dilated, we'd open for J Five. Like they had pull, and you know, would actually like people would buy tickets. So it was it was fun. It was fun. And then uh, the Fonda, there was like concerts there and stuff. So it was it was great. It was a great time, and we were. um, It was there was just a lot going on. And then that was when, and then we even did our little West Coast tour yeah that was <laughs> <laughs>
1: was it the first show
3: was Arteta the, the first pizza, show of the pizza shop
2: <laughs> well, well we there was two shows up.
1: there was two shows at the yeah. same time there was
2: Mamma Mia's Pasta Primavera oh. Oh,
1: yes. which yes. then it never it's actually at like 4pm <laughs> That was I, was, I was kind of, <laughs> was some other guy, uh, that was one of the first shows, if not the very first show I think I ever put on as that's a promoter.
3: Ama- no, honestly, that's amazing. I haven't have, thought of that in so long. It was, so was
1: Letirix, yes. uh, Styles of yes. Beyond, and Lexicon, and I think even DJ Cheapshot as well. Yeah, because yeah. so
2: yeah, we were, ta- it was we literally rented like RV Across America, and it was us, 4Zone, Oh, styles man, of Beyond sure, and so like on. we all like piled into this RV. Right, we were planning actually to go all the way to New York, but nine eleven like cut the oh, tour smart, like man. in half. So we we just basically did like up to Missoula and then came back. Home. And then oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but we didn't go any further east. Oh uh, wow, um, but yeah, well, but yes. yeah, so it was I, all of us. I'm right, then,
1: and then I think Latyrx headlined. I, yeah for club that was at Club West okay that yes. show and I have some pretty amazing photos of that time really? of you guys I have this p- picture of your tour crew outside of this motel in Eureka which the both shows were in Eureka California yeah and you have this uh, Nick you have this um shower cap on because you have like the kind of like cropped Afro Did going on, know, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, with everyone else from the crew, although Fourzone Zone, I don't remember being on this. I think it was just Styles of Beyond, and Lexicon, and and Cheap Shot. Okay. And uh, I got this picture of you guys like in the parking lot of this motel, like off the 101 in Eureka, and you have like this probably this exact same shirt on too. <laughs> it's a white. It's like a wife beater. And, it's a little lighter Yeah, it looked like it was fresh out the box. It might be genuinely the this same This one. is still, like, it's yellowed. It. Yes. Uh, yeah, but, yes, that were, I think I was learning the ropes, too. Oh, my Because I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to bring Cats up to Humboldt. And I ended up doing a bunch of shows there eventually. Yeah, over totally. the, Over the course of time. I was there for about five years. So yeah. like, um, But that was, I, I don't remember if that was before or after, uh, it's the L was recorded. Do you recall this? I think it was after, because
2: I think yeah, we were touring. Uh, it's the L came out right... It came out October of 2001. So it came out... Oh, really? Like, right before... Right after, right 9/11. after 9-11. But Nike had and, came out
3: earlier that year. Yeah. So there's a chance maybe yeah. we came up in the, in the spring. But I feel like we were I touring, wonder.
1: supporting it, and then I don't... Yeah. And Styles was supporting... Uh, it must have been after the album came out. And they yeah. were supporting, what, 10,000-fold? 2,000-fold, 2000 2000 fold? yeah. They were
2: supporting 2,000-fold, yeah. and we were supporting... Those guys were pretty ahead of their, ahead of the time. Totally, yeah. man. And like, really Incredible like,
1: production too. the yeah. production
2: and just the whole vibe and energy. And I mean, we yes. learned so much from them, especially yeah. on that tour, like literally being force fed, watching like Sex Pistols documentaries yeah. Yeah. like shit. But it was like right. coming from, you know, this like peace and love and respect and five element yeah, like hip hop world like more
3: than hip hop. And yeah. it's
2: okay. Like, I mean, we were like ostracized for liking anything outside of hip hop culture. Like right. hip hop culture is amazing and provided so much, but it was so strict. It was yeah, like if yes. you did one thing that was slightly outside of it, it was like you weren't. Th- th- it was almost offensive, and yeah, it then was a lot of rules. And then we started hanging out with Ryu, and he was like, "Fuck those guys! Right. Watch this shit! Like listen to this music!" And it's it was great. fun. It was a great, like very transformative experience. Yeah,
1: and you would see that on what the next one, which was what Megadeth. Yeah, and the then it went with it. That was his
3: solo, wasn't it? No, no, Megadeth was oh, there.
1: Oh, no, that was very so, exactly. like, yeah. yeah. so they're like, "I want to be your dog." And exactly. Stuff like yeah, they went like f- kind of full rock. And yeah. that was rap. and ours totally. was Youth Is Yours. These were us like yes. fully
2: being like, This is our version of rock rap and that was their version of rock rap. And yeah. like we both I mean, were...
1: that, that might not be the greatest I don't want to put yeah, it. Yeah, no, in but, that was, bass, but it was. But it that's sure. what it was to us. Right. Yeah. Um, both were spy tech. Yep. Yeah, both were spy. We were the yeah,
2: us and 4Zone and them and wow. and we were really close knit family. And Eminon. Alo Eminon, yes.
1: That's where Alo, Alo, Alo Black sort of not, is that where he got his start? As yeah. far as records went? Was Eminon? Yeah, and yeah, Spies so. yeah was he Eminon was Exile and... Yeah, Exile. Yeah, yeah, and
2: I think he knew Cheap Shot from going to UC Irvine. and uh, Irvine, I don't know if he went there, but from that radio station. And I think Cheap Shot was like... Yeah, they, he signed them first before Styles. I think they were his first act. Oh, wow. Yeah, as just like college kids. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, Al Black went on to career. do some great stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, and the Do-Over, too. And and Eminem song. Eminem's. Not, not Eminem the artist. Alec Black is the Eminem song. The commercial. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't Zed. know that. It's like... Oh, uh, I didn't even yeah, know. It's yeah. It's
1: like the new Eminem jingle. We'll Props to him. And that was probably a yeah. decent check right there. Seriously. Yeah. Um, so, but... You know, we also have another collaboration on that record we, on it's the yeah. L. We have t- two, two, yeah. And those are the songs in another
2: chapter. Well, with uh, with Fess, with people under stairs. He produced those tracks. Did he produce
1: both of them? The, yeah. the two that you scratched Nightfall on Nightfall was one of them, right? Yeah, yeah. Nightfall and um, oh, and Charismatic Rapper. Yes. That wasn't <laughs> Fess.
3: That was Cheap Shot. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I did the cuts. Uh, both of those yeah. were recorded on uh, in Cambridge Street, where, where people under the stairs did. Most famously, I think, just recorded uh, "Question the Form of the Answer." I don't know if they did OST there, but it was during that same period of time. It was like the year two thousand. Absolutely, it was right when "Question the Form of the Answer" came out. Yeah, 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 down not far from here. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah, Mid City is not too far from uh, that big house. Yes, that big house. It's like a college (laughs) crash pad, basically. It's like a frat house in Mid City. Because I think he went to UCLA. I'm I'm pretty sure. He well, so he I think he went to
2: USC so I actually knew him because my like be outside of even hip-hop I met him because my college roommate his is his brother-in-law Oh yes, so, um, yeah, Raoul. Yes, yeah, and then he mer- his sister. Started dating Thess when we were in college, and that's actually how I met Thess was
1: through. Not Amazing. even through the because he had a group too. yeah, right? yeah Raul, the Aesthetics Crew. Yes, a- yes, Aesthetics Crew. And then there was another one that was affiliated with them called like Diamond Merchants or something like that. Do you even remember know. this? No, they don't only even did know. one record. Wow. Yeah, some super indie shit. Yeah, but yes, Aesthetics Crew was yeah. definitely of that yeah. period of time. Yeah, I saw him very recently because I'm People on the Stairs booking agent now. Oh, so we did um, Yes, so a couple of years ago, or it was like a year and some change ago, we did uh, the Troubadour, and uh, they all came.
2: Right on. Yeah. I, I, I saw him at a, a wedding a few years ago. Duh. It's the last time I saw him, but he's a dad and happy guy.
1: Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. It's That's like I've lost touch with him. Are something. they working on new material? People on the Stairs? yeah. Yeah, so they have been doing like this three part series called "The Getting Off Stage," which is their tenth album, and then which the third installment of that is uh, coming out in the fall, like October it's probably, incredible. and then the, a twenty year anniversary kind of box set, uh, like a forty five box set, uh, is coming out in I think July if everything is like That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, they've kind of come into their own, and uh, yeah. So, you know, I just recently sort of discovered this when I found out that I had the great pleasure of uh, being able to meet back up with you guys and talk to you again because it's been so long. And a side note, I guess it's uh, also very great to see you guys again because we were... You know, talked a lot and did a lot of stuff back in the day. So it's cool to see where you guys are at now because you're yeah, doing, you you're, too, man. yeah, shit's popping off for you. And uh, uh, but there's this archive thing which I find kind of intriguing because I like shit like that too, stuff like that. And so there's a there's like a website, right? Um, what is it?
3: It's lexicon.rip.
1: Okay, cool. So. What was Some the? Explanatory. Yeah, I, I <laughs> suppose so. Yes. So, what um, was the? What would you say is like the? Was the reason to start this? Like, how did that even spark off? Like,
2: I mean, we never really. Th- I, I don't want to say like we've retired because that just so much weight to that word. And yeah. Not to no, say I we're never going to make music again, and not to say like we even. I don't know. It just feels weird to say we've retired, but we we were kind of. You know, we left L.A. and went to France, and that was the end of that. And then right. in France, things were actually going pretty well, you know, but we, we wanted things to be bigger, and, you know, we were getting older, and we were like, if we're not going to get, you know, real kind of money, and plus when you have a full band, everything's a lot more expensive. Sure. And every, you know, and then when you're starting to play bigger festivals, that's all more expensive, and you have to get lights and everything. So it was mm-hmm. like we were making more money, but we were spending more money, and we tried just everything to really take it to the next level, and nothing really bit. So we kind of walked away from that, in a way, and right. no one really knew what was happening. And really, like, we never really closed anything. Our, our website was a video for the last thing we released with a French group called Beat Torrent. Uh-huh. And that was it. There was like nothing. We hadn't updated our Facebook. We hadn't said anything. So we just kind of felt like in some way we need to close this. And, uh-huh. and um, it's the 15 year anniversary of Youth is Yours. And uh, we thought that could be a good place to start. So we just basically want to archive... Because, I mean, everything from the L.A. scene to, you know, being in L.A. I mean, be, the, like the L.A. underground scene, then like in L.A. in the, in the early 2000s and mid-2000s right. with sure. like Steve Aoki and Cinespace, and we were, you know, playing shows there and doing oh, that. Oh, cool. Okay, I didn't realize And then that. we went to France, and we're really in France during a lot of the EDM blow-up with Toxic Avenger and Beat Torrent. We were touring with oh, cool. all this stuff, oh, and it's dope. like we've had so many incarnations of what we've done and yeah because
1: all those are pretty different from another. they are those. and, and yeah, each so individual
2: different. scene only knows really about our story from that scene right. we, were, we were talking it's nice to talk to you about this because most of the people we've been telling our story to over the past 10 years don't know it Right. You know, it's like yeah. telling French people this. So yeah. it's like to have someone who's like, "Oh yeah, he actually knows the story." It's it's different. So
1: yeah, and I know all those other artists you, exactly, you and too, you know so. the
2: scene So it's we've kind of just been scattered. So we want to we wanted to tie it together for ourselves, right? Um, for anyone who does care, you know, for um, prosperity, just really to right. have it all in one place and and to kind of have it, you know, be a, a, a an end to the chapter, but. We also have so much stuff that we wanna put out. Right. We probably in between Rap Stars and EXGF, our latest project, we probably put out we probably recorded fifty songs. Oh shit. Yeah. And, yeah? and we yeah. I mean we, them we recorded yeah. in France too, we treated it a lot like a rock band where we were writing and recording while touring. Uh-huh. So we basically wrote an entire album on the road, performed those songs. Hundreds of times, and never then never, never put oh, out the music.
1: Well. Oh, interesting!
2: So we have all this stuff that we've wanted a reason to put out, and it right. seems so grand to be like, "Hey, we're putting out demos or this whole yeah. thing," and we didn't really have a reason. So now we also have created a platform where we can really put out all of our stuff, everything, cool. and it may take so everything
3: kind of has equal weight to each other on the on the blog. Yeah, I think exactly. Is cool everything line. is equal. And weight. The album is the same as a photo of a flyer, which is the right. same as a a reference to a magazine. Yeah. It's all just. Something to talk about for for a little paragraph. Yeah, right, and, and uh, that, yeah, on the on the site, it
2: basically says uh, we have a little blurb, and it's our our first show was in '96, opening for Curtis Blow at 805 Live, and then our <laughs> uh, our last our last show was in uh, wait, I said '96, right? Yeah. yeah, you did. And then our last show was in 2013 to a um, sold out club in Paris called uh, La d'Or, and it was like probably. I don't know, 80% girls and everyone right. knew the words and it was right. like this crazy thing. And the, this website is the story in between because these two yes. things make no sense how it went from one to the other. To well, I've often thing.
1: wondered that myself too, because <laughs> we were so involved for like a brief period of time too. And then I saw kind of how the creatively, the lineage of the group was kind of going to, and then when you leave the country, then you kind of fall, you naturally fall out of touch. Yeah. I mean, get, I reached out to you a couple times and we sort of like briefly, like got slowly got back in touch yeah. but i'm happy that serendipitously we were able to kind of like yeah. reconnect for this so just spontaneously we could kind of talk about this whole shit because i didn't un- uh, you know i reached out to you unbeknownst to me you are already on the verge of sort of like you know kind of unearthing some of this shit. we literally you know, like, no we he
2: we, we were writing an email back and forth and we're talking about you <laughs> and wrote Culturama, wrote peter Augustine. like we're writing all this <laughs> and then he's like hey peter just hit me up i'm like did you because i was even like soon i'm gonna put this on instagram i'll right. tag everyone like right now it's just a website and i'm like oh gotta gotta get this up to the kids speed and get this on the instagram and i was like once it's there i'll tag everyone yeah But, no, somehow we, like, mentally tagged you
3: through through somehow. It's dope. Yeah, it's amazing timing. Very serendipitous.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, and we were kind of talking about this. We'll kind of maybe can jump back to some of the previous uh, uh, memories from the past, too, as we kind of, like, talk about this whole thing, Um, is your brief period of time in New York. uh, This is, like, real deep indie rap fodder, you know. Is because this is a label that's long since been defunct. Although I think I've looked on Discogs somewhat recently, and somehow these CDs are now worth like a lot of money. <laughs> Antiquity, by the way, is you know you can get it's like a fifty dollars CD
2: now. By the way. It real, way, real quick, just quick Discogs. Far, when we put out "Youth Is Yours" again, I don't, I didn't have the the wax is worth files a lot of money anywhere for "Youth Is Yours." Like no art files yeah. anywhere. I think I saved them on like a CD ROM. No idea where anything was, and the biggest file online was like four hundred by four hundred, um, wow. just tiny. So I had to recreate it, and so I had to find a vinyl. Oh yeah, Take and a picture the vinyl. of it, nice. make it, and I couldn't even get a vinyl anywhere, like really? for under like fifty bucks. Right, yes. Yes. It's bizarre. It in garage,
3: thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Yes, cool.
1: I mean, so it might bizarre. not be a terrible idea to think about doing some vinyl again. Yeah. You know? Totally. I think there's a demand, especially for that album. You yeah. Because it was. I don't know. I just came and sold out and they Spy Tech probably never reissued it or anything. No, nope. like yeah,
3: that, that was nope. another yeah.
2: we had a, a brief falling out with Cheap Shot right the day it came out.
1: Oh, the day it came <laughs> out. That's a good time now fall out. Follow That's out why we out, never
2: so. we never put out we never did a video for Rock. We never did a video. We didn't do any singles.
3: Yeah, no touring for anything off YouTube's. No, no, yeah, we did
2: singles, but no touring and no yeah, uh, we
3: no, but it came out because we did a bunch of singles. Yeah, but we never did uh, any videos. No. So there's two
1: videos for uh, It's the L, though. Yeah, yeah you know.
3: exactly. Actually, three. There was there's a lost It's the L video. Yeah, oh, you. really? I don't That's know. That. Yeah, I, it might be long gone. And then there was Making Music.
1: Yeah, which was a bigger budget. Yeah. Which Dude, long, made and it and to drama. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, expensive.
2: of course, Nike hit.
1: Uh, it looked expensive for
2: the time. that was like an expensive video like does it look like it was in a soundstage yeah you know, like, like, like tracks yeah. and I film on shot film, out of like, film yeah, yeah it we was had our, our friend at the time uh uh two tone he's like uh he does that clothing like born and raised oh, okay yeah. um he he's like a big graffiti artist he did like all the graffiti in it and like everything oh, it was dude. cool man it was yeah. a
1: dope video and then in spy Tech, uh put up the money for that Actually the production company did
2: that Oh cool They they loved
1: us Oh that's what's up
2: I also remember the girl who did that Really liked me And she She sent me a shoe polisher It was like the weirdest thing
3: Oh yeah Man that's weird
2: I was young She was like a Older Older woman She really liked She was like the odd She was probably like 25 years old or something <laughs> but like I remember because I had, I had patent leather Air Force ones and I was like being oh, super shit. careful with them and then I woke up the next morning and there was a package in front of my door and it was one of those like shoe pol- the stand up shoe polishers she, pretty wow. dumb, yeah, if it, yeah.
1: she must have really enjoyed working with you I,
2: yeah, I guess so so
1: what's your kick game like now I mean that was a big deal back then Are you still fucking with kicks like no
2: that? well you know it's funny we actually the, the last song we ever put out officially was kind of technically Nike had Part 2 it's really? a song called Espadrilles Oh, and with, uh, with beat touring, oh. yeah. And it, 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 you know, for basically 10 15 years, we just wrote songs about girls, um, right. And then this was like our last, then we decided to write a song about clothes again. Uh-huh. But I see the thing about Nike is I was never this was before sneaker culture existed, yeah. And yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't like I was a sneakerhead, I was just obsessed with buying shoes at that moment. I'm still obsessed with clothes and shoes, right, right, right. but I stopped. Getting kicks,
1: right? I'm but it evolved into other too. articles. Yeah, and Gucci like shoes, the clo- clothes horse. Right? Yeah, That's I'm
2: right. just into to, to stuff, right. <laughs> things.
1: Because right. I mean, you you go in on that song. Like, I mean, granted, it isn't you know from another era too, the Air Force One kind of era. Yeah. Too. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, we like, I mean, it was, I guess it's it like just anything. It was so cool and special then. It was like, fun. No was one was really challenged. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: Well, and Sporting a LA was still was cracking. I mean, that. And you couldn't order shit online. If you right. had to go, tr- like, you would have well, to go to the Japanese sites.
3: It's exact- oh, that's right. Exactly. The Japanese sites. But then you sites.
1: can't, uh, like, you, you read a word. Right.
2: Um, but yeah, and then, like, there was no camp- oh, shit, camping there. out. Okay.
1: Okay, so, like, yeah, I'm trying to, um, figure out where I was going with this, which was just reminiscing a little bit about um, when you came to New York, which was around the time that I, uh, the, if the L came out, if, yeah. or during Even that before, era.
3: It was like when, maybe when Nike had came out, like 2000, it was probably yeah. early 2000.
1: Yeah, because uh, I, I still have the flyer for it too, it was like it was J-Zone, Lexicon, Living Legends were on the bill, but although they didn't perform our yeah. show.
3: Cellar dwellers were headlining.
1: Oh, yes, I think I remember that. You DJ'd that show for us, right? I did, yes. It was
3: at the... It was our, at SOB's. SOB's. Our, our grandmother, grandmother was there, who was... Mm. She was probably like, what, 80-ish so. at the time? Oh, wow, well, that's amazing. And some cousins from New Jersey who like had probably never even been in the Lower East Side, much less a uh, hip-hop club.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we did the show, from what I recall, and then we went upstate to visit Gene from Fresh Chest uh, Recordings. Yes, exactly. So that was
3: Johnny Cock and JL. Johnny Cock and JL. Right? Yeah. So I think Gene is for Johnny people, Cock.
1: So for folks that are listening that may not have been around during that period of time or might not really, I mean, these are we're getting, it's hyper-obscure. Like, <laughs> yeah. But they did HipHopInfinity.com. HipHopInfinity.com,
2: hip-hop. yes. exactly. And that yes. was DJ
1: Fisher. No, no, no. DJ Fisher um, was wasn't him? a part of HipHopInfinity.com, uh, which was like sort of like a m- popular message board and yeah. retail yeah. shop. Yeah, 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 yeah. For a lot of like super indie <clears throat> underground. Yeah. Yeah, shit. DJ, DJ Fisher, Fisher did Day by Day Entertainment by math, way right. of MF Grimm? But yeah. he, but
3: DJ Fisher made like he got us introduced to Gene.
2: <clears throat> and then we right. went up to his house, like in White Plains, right? Yes. Maybe I'm just thinking of Hip Hop Infinity because I think I, I can when I see DJ Fisher's name, I see it like printed. I think we like met him on the forums.
3: We may have. I yeah, thought That's I that. yeah, it's probable. And yeah. I feel like DJ Fisher, you and me and you, we all went up to Jean's house, we slept there a couple nights, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Recorded I mean, some we tracks. We ate yeah. some
2: chicken cutlets. We
3: ate
1: some chicken cutlet. He had like these like gigantic slices of pizza. Too. I just remember yeah. DJ Fisher like
2: was obsessed with chicken cutlet sandwiches.
3: Yeah, and it's not called cutlet in California. Like no one even has ever heard of that word. And he kept on saying, like, I need to get I want to get chicken cutlet, and we were like, Can you just get a chicken sandwich.
1: Yeah, so a chicken sandwich in California. Yeah,
3: I mean, chicken cutlet. Like, um, but yeah, we recorded those two <laughs> songs. Hilarious. Which it was it was funny. I was reading. Who else was on that that it was Jabs and Cuts Volume 1? Right. right. Yeah. I had just read a hip hop connection review of it. I looked. There was like something oh we God. found at moms when we were going through the archives. Nice. Right. I
1: wrote for that magazine for a while too. Great British hip hop. Yeah. The British. The original. It's the first hip hop magazine. Wow. Can not believe that? Before it predates the Source. Wow. wow really? Hip hop connection does. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great magazine. Right. I remember
3: yeah. when we got in there. That was like that was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big score. What did you get Trevor in there with? Trevor Seaman. Um. I think Nike Head Oh, they cool. gave us some props for that and they gave us some props for It's the L and then I think they wrote up the jabs and cuts and said that our two songs were two of the best and that was just like Made it, there were some dope there were like dope rappers on there I feel like uh...
1: I, I don't remember the track Nick do you
2: remember the no track I'm just verse? having like literally I haven't even thought about this trip I'm like remembering recording remember in that? like the garage I'm like smelling the smell Yeah, vocal booth though yeah. I remember, but, yeah, but we, I remember... Were, we
1: did the chorus so we, we had, did we like, yeah, chorus yeah. So. Yep. Everybody did some sing-along chorus. Yep.
2: I honestly think that was probably, like, our first, like, recording trip, too. Yeah, Maybe ever. I just remember it was, yeah. I'm just totally... You had super short
1: hair, I remember that, and a fleece. And... (laughs) It was in polar uh, fleece, man. Yes, polar fleece. Probably
2: Nautica Tech.
1: And and only had had the ill, like, pushback uh, thing going on. (laughs) That was, like, the shoulder-length jump-off.
3: Yeah, yeah, uh, that was the origins of this.
2: That's yes, it's never been man. shorter. Yeah, yeah, I just I, I truly don't think I've thought of that trip maybe since then. That's crazy. I mean, I remember at the SOV show, but that what town was that even in? I don't remember at all. I don't even remember oh, what, getting where the up. House there. Was? Yeah, yeah, it, I, I remember, remember it was
3: me. upstate, but I it think was. it was only like 30 minutes outside of the city. Yeah, it was like Westchester like yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. man,
1: that's a trip. Yeah, it was the a the big songs. snowstorm and stuff, but yes, this was like a very long time ago. I remember DJ Fisher
3: driving us through the Bronx and I was like, whoa, the streets go up to like 290th, <laughs> like I had n- I never knew that they, the numbers were that high, I was there just you go, just fascinated way up yes.
1: um, yeah, so I mean I, yeah, I mean hopefully the listeners are enjoying that part <laughs> but I mean, you know that's the thing, is that's what I wanted to kind of um, capture with this conversation too, because since I hadn't seen you guys in so long uh, some of the more random memories and shit so it was up a very uh, particular period of time, you know. And uh, I don't know, I'm feeling kind of loose now thinking about that stuff. So it's, it's fun to reminisce about that shit. But obviously you guys are doing a lot of other, you're doing much more current stuff. I could dwell on all the, you know, the minutiae of like the indie hip-hop boom. Um, and we could dig our heels much deeper into it, I'm sure. Um,
3: Which we can't. <laughs> we
1: could. I mean, a lot of them are, are kind of my foibles because they're at the very beginning of a lot of stuff I was doing, like a failed the failed show at the pizza shop with you and Styles of Beyond. It was it was not failed. We had y'all cats didn't even come off the tour bus. That's what I remember. Did but we not? I know Styles <laughs> of Beyond didn't. They were like, no, nah, we're not getting off the tour bus. Didn't. Oh man, yeah, that's none of us performed. None of no, them. it just was like a no. Th- I think you guys because you're nice guys, nice you guys. got off and yeah. hung out a little bit. Yeah. But I was roped into that by another person. i that will remain nameless. Because it was a two, it was I made a, a rookie mistake. It's two shows back to back. is a stupid idea. And was yeah, like, four All o'clock it, show at a pizzeria. You know, like. it's hardly hardly the worst show we've ever played. What would, would be the worst show? Would you say?
2: Ooh, there's a couple. There, there's one in particular we played. Uh, oh man, it's a toss-up. There's two. There's a Miramont, France. It's like a hippie town. Okay, it's like in between Toulouse and Bordeaux it's like for some reason there's this club there that like everyone plays because you go through this town and uh, uh, not only did my like iPhone get stolen by some like toothless hippies but um, it was just I think a dog wandered on stage while we were performing (laughs) there was the sound man I not even like speaking in like hyperbole I thought the sound man was homeless I thought I literally thought a homeless guy like had wandered into the venue and they're like oh no that's that's uh, that's Francois he's the sound man and I think that night that's we dope. slept in a um, old abandoned uh, orphanage wow oh, yeah. it was like the stuff of nightmares like truly like yeah. out of saw that was, it was with DJ Flip yeah
1: oh nice how did you like that <sighs>
3: It, yeah, he it, was a fun was guy to tour with for it. for a long time. Yeah.
1: So th- that's so the he other. Got, he hung with with y'all like that. He, it was cool. Right? Oh, we, so we
2: were so we got farted. real close. So then the other the other worst show ever was with him. So so we went to Ireland, and he's like, "Oh, I'll book you guys some shows."
3: Yeah, he did that.
2: He booked three in one day. Nice. We played a two in the afternoon, pouring rain at like. I think it was in Cork a, right? a theater in Cork I think right. during school hours <laughs> It was, I, I truly There's been more people at a show for a sound check Than this show oh That's on YouTube by the way I found oh, that show, God. it doesn't show
3: the crowd But we're like, you gotta rock to the rim <laughs> Gotta get it to them
1: It, it was just That's Hilarious,
3: hilarious. Yeah.
1: And then you had to do two other shows outside. That was
3: number, yeah.
2: that was number t- one of three I got a stomach flu we had some ninety year old guy drive us from the next venue to the other in a pouring like Dublin rainstorm uh-huh. and classic I classic
3: July day. Yeah. <laughs> <right>. And I <laughs> summertime day. It was awful. It was
2: truly awful. It was but you know, honestly, those shows are way more memorable. I end up telling those stories more than I tell like the oh yeah, it's this great show where we killed it.
3: Yeah, yes. yeah, there's nothing to say.
2: You know one thing that I thought of though, I remember
3: about coming up to Humboldt to Arcata? Arcata? Okay. Great Arcata. 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 I remember we, we got there, and we, I think we came to a house. It was maybe your house. And you had just gotten an uh, unreleased Q-Tip record.
1: Oh, yes. Which I was, think the one that never came abstract. out. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Come All the
3: Abstract. And yeah. like, there had been like a lot of buzz about it, and people were yeah. talking about it. And then you were like, I have it. And that was the day before the internet, so no yeah. one could be like, oh, me too. I heard it. We yeah. were like, you were the only guy other than Q-Tip who <laughs> oh had my the God. album like that. <clears> yeah, yes, and I, remember I remember we sat there well. and listened to it.
1: Yeah. and talked about it incessantly,
3: yeah. like for the next two days.
1: That's dope, yeah, that you remember that. Yeah, because I would, it's funny, hip-hop, I did a cover story for him, of him, about him, in Hip Hop Connection. Is that oh, what wow. it was? Always- so I went to New York... 99? Um, uh, 2000? No, it was 2001. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because I'm pretty sure that those shows that we did were in the summer, middle of the summer. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think so too.
1: Because I went there, I think. Yeah, I remember it was around. It was sometime then, and uh, it's kind of a uh, another early mishap of mine too, where I came to New York and I met with like a friend of my bro- my old. I have an older brother. Yeah. Uh, Matilla, who was actually at the Club West show uh, randomly, um, because he used to live in Antarctica, and he was he came back, you know. I remember that. Yeah, and uh, so I went to New York to uh, interview Q-Tip. That no one flew me there. I uh, like it was like big enough of an excuse to go, so I flew myself. Yeah. So I went, but foolishly, I went out the night before with my older brother's buddy, and he basically like I couldn't really hang with him at the bar, so I drank too much, and I ended up like. Throw up outside oh, of the bar. Granted, I'm like all of 19, probably maybe maybe 20 or 21 ish, pushing 21. And the next day, I have to interview Q-Tip face to face at a restaurant, you know. And so I'm feeling kind of crappy, you know, as one does after something like that. And um, uh, I might. Uh, probably have to edit this whole part out but it's not it's not that bad but uh so i make my way to this uh from brooklyn to this kind of like cafe diner sort of by the holland tunnel because he live he's lived in new jersey for a long time mm-hmm. so um and so he he pulls up in his bends like outside of this diner and we um sit and start setting up to have this conversation which I record on a mini disc recorder that's <laughs> in the middle of the uh room uh middle of the table um before he gets there I quickly go to the ATM um to get some cash out uh because we're going to be going to like a restaurant and of course you know I I, I try to get some cash out yeah insufficient funds you know I'm like right. so I gotta not only am I like this hungover 21 year old or whatever I have no money oh my god and I'm supposed to and it's not like people gave me money and the magazine gave me money to take them out to eat this is a British magazine I don't think I even got paid to do the thing to write this like feature length cover story I didn't get paid
2: (laughs) it's just the thrill
1: yeah I mean that's you know I I was just that you know
2: Q-tip yeah Fuck yeah, it. I dude, don't care. i would have we, pretended I worked for a magazine and just interviewed. Yeah, I mean
1: and we ended up eventually we would have a great uh interview, but so I was like doubly nervous because I'm there, I'm on I got an empty stomach, um, I have no money, I have an empty bank account. And uh we sit and I and I have this on tape and I'm recording and he's like, um, do you wanna get something to eat? Do you wanna eat? And I was like, uh no, I'm gonna have a sip of coffee, you know think i'm just yeah i'm good I say do you mind if i eat and i was like no, no no of course and then so she comes and i have i'm recording the whole a waitress like uh you know uh um telling us all the specials and stuff it's pretty hilarious because it's so long ago and she like basically runs off like the whole menu and he asks if they have pancakes that are compote, and um And then she, he, like, has this kind of elaborate pancake order and stuff. And uh, I finally, like, break down and, and, you know, they both are looking at me to order something. And knowing that, like, I I guess I get to this stage where I'm like, I think it seems, it's pretty likely that this guy's going to buy my breakfast. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I don't want it to be the other way around because it's going to, it's going to blow up in my face, you know, so... He ultimately buys my breakfast, and we power through this conversation, which is all about Kamal the Abstract, which is the album that yeah. I had at the time. So, and anyway, so that's like my uh, brief. And so he and paid
3: I, for it, and there was no awkward moment either. No, nah, it was all good. He play.
1: was mad cool, and I skirted the whole thing. He probably looked at and gave me one look and was like, all right, this kid is he, like... He's paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's way out of his element. Right <laughs> That's you know. amazing. So, anyway, so that was from that period That's of time. That's awesome. Yep. So, yes. You had so, the record. Yes, like, I had the record. For
3: really many other people on this. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. The United States had it. For sure. planet.
1: Yeah. Um, so, anyway, with that being said, I mean, I'd love to get to a place uh, where we can, you know, draw this to a close. And uh, so, if maybe even for a moment or two, maybe we could just talk about, like, the stuff that you guys have going on right now. If, if, you know, if you feel like it. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so... Because it, it's like a totally different step. In... It is. And
2: it, it all just kind of happened real real organically. I mean, we still... We, we came back from France and, and um, we, you know, out, when we were out there, we kind of started this side collective. Um, and we were doing kind of events and parties and just kind of doing a little bit more in, like, fashion and culture that was, like, less about the music and more about, like, the scene, I guess. Right, and
1: you are obviously exposed to a very particular yeah, kind of scene. exactly. Yeah.
2: So when we came back to L.A., we were, we tried to kind of duplicate the same concept out here, and we started kind of doing these little pop-up parties and, you know, renting a hotel room and inviting a bunch of friends, like, you know, throwing these kind of, like, uh, like, underground parties kind of a thing. Not like Was it working? Warehouse. Yeah, it was just these small groups of people. Maybe, you know, a hundred people would come, but it was, cool. like... Interesting, artistic, cool people, and eventually we wrote a wrote a song all together with the, with the collective, and uh, we're called EXGF. And and uh, the two song we wrote two songs with EXGF, and they both smashed, you know, like did incredibly, incredibly well. Yeah. Um, but in that time, the, a lot of the connections we made, I guess we had just realized that we what, what we did and didn't want in the music industry, and a lot of what we didn't want was you know to be a new band. And to be <laughs> this kind of starting point again and having, right. you know, the the empty promises and the handshakes and all that stuff. So right. we, we were able to kind of parlay a lot of these relationships we made into into business. And, you know, now it's I, I, it's a consultancy, for lack of a better word, where we work with a lot of other artists. We still have our own projects as well, but we kind of, um, you know, work with artists in many different capacities from writing to branding to PR and everything. And, so the performance... Yeah. yeah.
1: So the, your own performance stuff you then sort of applied into other...
2: Yeah, pieces. and it just, it happened really naturally. It was, I mean, I, literally the last show we played ever was a guest appearance on a French group um, called Carbon Airways at Coachella. Oh, okay. And yeah. um that was the last show as EXGF we played uh we did, you know, just a guest spot on on the Sahara tent. <laughs> and that yes. was that was it. That was like the last time we took a stage in it in... and
3: EXGF <clears throat> excuse me, we had EXGF flags made. We had guys, we were in the background <laughs> yeah, waving dope. flags on the stage yeah. in this other group's performance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <That's> <laughs> but did you guys, you guys got on the mic? Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we yeah. rhymed? We, yeah, yeah, totally. It
3: was basically Lexicon, but we were transitioning the project into EXGF. Sure. And then, and then realized that that, wasn't really going to be the face of EXGF either you know what I mean yeah. and, and then things got a little more internal and, and business like with it but yeah. Right. yeah that was like a little blip on the radar yeah. quick appearance yeah
1: that's so. that's the Coachella's only live like, performance of I that group It's the only
2: live performance of EXGF and the, the last time that her <laughs> that I have been on a stage was at Coachella so. what year is this? 15?
3: yeah I think Coachella 2015 yeah. Yeah. you
1: guys miss doing shows performing?
3: Ah. Uh, I mean, now, I think, <laughs> I think I miss the fun that just comes with the touring life because right. there's just so many. There's just so little responsibility, really. Right. At the end of the day, that comes with that life. You know what I mean? It's it's so much fun and yeah. it's very free. I mean, you, yes, you know, I do. You just you travel, you see things, you you have no responsibilities. People are telling you where to be and what to do, and it's just like. Right. That's awesome, but but on the
2: flip side of it,
3: it's it's
1: so fucking serious, and it's serious, and everything matters. A lot of money. Yeah, there's a lot of responsibility, and
2: everything matters. It's like it's 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 a diff. You know, it's like you build all this. Everything builds up to this one thing, and if this one thing doesn't go exactly as it should, then you You start building up to the next one thing, and years go by hoping for this one thing you know and it's it's sometimes i think when you're in that element you don't really appreciate the moment and you right. don't fully embrace the fact that you do have no responsibilities and you're being given per diem and wandering around some foreign city and it's fantastic but like in the moment you're just constantly waiting for that next thing and that next thing and it's like oh well you know that guy had more people watching his show than we had or you know right. this show yeah. was this yeah. this makeup of people versus their show had people were closer They there was a 5 foot gap between the audience during our show what do we do next time to make sure there's no five foot gap and it's like sure. it's i in retrospect i miss it in the moment i it's more grueling than any That's job true. you That's can imagine. Good point. yeah for sure you know for it's sure. exhausting and it's hard on us pressure. and we you yeah. know we got in it with each other all the time and this and it's it's definitely it's it's super fun and amazing but it's like it's a hard thing to do when you're not 21. You know, uh-huh. it's a really yes. hard thing to do as like an adult. Yeah, and our rock. our
3: French that incarnation of our career, we were both well into our 30s. You sure. know what I mean? Acting more immature than we did when we were like the original lexicon in our early right. 20s, when we were right. just kind of trying to. We were just happy to be there. We didn't want to rock the boat then. Yeah. <laughs> then we were in France.
2: Like, let's rock the fucking boat. Yeah. Like. Right. <laughs> but the
3: best part, I think, I think, the fact that we kind of not even on purpose but that we continued to recreate ourselves for mm-hmm. at, probably for survival more than anything right made it so this the the EXGF the business incarnation of what we're doing didn't feel like that's what we're doing now that Lexicon's over it was it's right, just right. another step in both of our lives and careers that like it feels like it built on the last you know what i mean yeah. and it and it, it it all feels like this very beautiful succession or thread of events as opposed to turns and twists and and, and sacrifices and yeah. I guess I'm going to do this because there isn't this to do, you yeah.
1: know what I mean? Right, yes, I know very well. And, yeah. and in a
2: lot, like we were saying before, it's like we were, so much of hip-hop was about making it, and then a lot of what our, our our next career was about, like, you know, lamenting life choices and girls and this and that, and it's like we got to a point where we had our girls... We had our career, we had everything, and not like we lost topic matter for the songs and everything, but it all just kind of started to just be this, like... It it there wasn't quite the passion. It's like okay, so let's write like keywords of what songs to write about. It wasn't more like I want to write a song about this heartbreak I had, or I want to write a song about this thing. I want right. to write about that thing. It's like okay, what can we write about that will get more attention, yeah. or what can we write about? Yeah. And it just the whole passion of it changed and everything. Well, that'll further.
1: wear on you quickly. Yeah. yeah,
2: and it's you know? not to say that we lost the passion for it, but I think a lot of our passion for it was the grind, right. and once the grind kind of faded to the back it was I don't, I don't really know if we really knew what it was we wanted
1: right well the grind is that inherent like hip hop thing that, yeah. that yeah. got you guys to go to yeah. UCSB's radio station and fucking freestyle and shit do yeah. it every yeah. hook yeah. and battle totally. Totally yeah. and for what everything. little recognition that would come from yeah. that too right yeah, well, yeah.
2: and then in, and later you know whether it, you like it or not and whether it's selling out or not or whether whatever it is you call it or not the older you get it does become about paying your rent Sure, and it does become about not only paying your rent, but wanting to pay a mortgage and wanting to like, right. you know, be a person that is existing in the world and contributing in the world and, yeah, and, we, and, absolutely. you know, getting 300 bucks to play to 40 people at some point right. starts to feel selfish. It starts to just feel like this, like, that's a great point, you know, yeah. it's like, who am I doing this for just to like, get another little stroke of my ego to be like, no, you're good at this. You're good at this right? versus like, or I'm just kind of holding on to something, you know? So I think we faced that while we were performing and faced that while we were doing this because we were getting older as we were doing this and just really naturally just turned into this thing where we just, it's not like we ever said to each other, we want to stop. It's not like we ever said, like, let's not put out another song. It just happened. It just kind of naturally happened in a good way where we're both like, we look at ourselves as not immature at that point, but we look at ourselves like... Like, we're happy that we've moved to this point.
1: Yeah, that's a totally. that's an incredible transition, too, because that's, that's not an easy task to do, either. So. No, and it's been hard. I mean, not to say sure, that it's no. just been
2: totally seamless. And, you yeah, know, well, ego is a motherfucker. Work, and know. ego is a mother... You know, I start to realize how much of what I did for so many years was ego-driven. Right. And so much of what I did was to just, you know, be the center of attention versus yeah. actually wanting to make music, you know? And right. it's funny. It's funny when it all shifts away, so... Yeah, it definitely is a challenge, but, but you know, the passion for, for creation and the passion for art and the passion mm-hmm. for motivating people to get out of their mundane cycles and all that, that'll never fade. And, you know, that's all we ever really wanted to push with Lexicon was to just encourage people to have a good time encourage yes. people to enjoy life and encourage people. It wasn't people. like we were saying a whole lot. It, yeah. was our,
3: it was our energy, and I think that's what people appreciated from day one yeah. is that we brought – like a charismatic energy to to underground hip-hop, which it didn't have a ton of at the time. You know what I mean?
1: Sure, sure, sure. The
3: early, the the late 80s and early 90s did. That's all hip-hop was, was charismatic rappers. You know what I mean? Yes. And then things got so serious and kind of just, not angry, but just serious. Yeah, sure. Like underground hip-hop became very serious. Very. But I think that's all... You know, we, we, just we, we, we to, didn't have yeah. a ton to say. No, we didn't.
2: And we weren't from, you know, terribly difficult upbringings, Sorry. and we didn't, yeah, yeah, you there know... there wasn't a lot of topic matter to work yeah. So we we just, you know, we wanted to always bring light, and that was always what we wanted to do. And we've been able to, to do that now through other mediums. And, you know, we're, yeah, not to, not to say that we'll never, never put out anything again, and not to say that we're not going to release a plethora of amazing unreleased music, some of which I think is some of the best music we've ever made, to oh, be honest. Cool. And like so, super creative stuff that like took where we went with junk food and the dance rock stuff to a whole nother level. Cool. I mean, we made full, I mean, we didn't even have drum production on some of these songs. It was a full band oh, okay. writing the songs with drummer, guitar, bass, keys. I mean, we were playing guitar and keys on these songs. Like we went really cool. in and singing choruses and all this stuff. So one day it'll all see the light of day. All but on
3: lexicon.rip lexicon.com exactly. the one place to find anything lexicon related for the rest of everybody's lives yep.
1: yes <laughs> it has been said yeah, you know. and um it's been incredible to see you guys again man you know it's been
2: a let's not wait 15 years till the next time
1: yes for sure for sure yeah man um, this it, has been fantastic yeah. it's wonderful
3: to see you and it's been great to just talk about bring to light Definitely. all these these vibes and stories that like we shared yeah and it's we, great and memories we were the same people and yeah it, it's it's awesome. This is great.
1: Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Absolutely thank All you, right. man. Peace y'all. Okay. Uh hopefully I wasn't too revealing uh uh there myself personally. Um, but I appreciate uh you guys checking this out. This has been the Houseless Podcast, of course. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Shout out to Nick and Gideon for their time and doing this. Um right after I recorded this, my man Dame Funk picked me up. Um I think on Sunset or wherever we recorded this was recorded like in in West uh, LA and Hollywood somewhere uh, and uh, then he and I went to a common haunt of his um, and uh, got to catch up and shout out to Dame Funk and all the people in Los Angeles who during my period of time working on the podcast there I was able to record um, you can go back and listen to a bunch of those in the most recent episodes and what else you know go check out the lexicon.rip. You'll sort of see the lineage of this group from start to finish, if you will. And uh, it's pretty cool. And the way they did it, and you can even see the Nikehead music video. Um, Directed, produced, edited. Well, no, I shot it and directed it and all produced it. And edited, actually, by my dear friend Wendy Morgan someone who's won uh, an award-winning director now who went on to um, direct some absolutely incredible music videos for the likes of Janelle Monet, The Killers, uh, Gnarls Barkley, um, and we met back then doing these videos. We did one for Mocha Only that never came out. She did a bunch for Swollen Members uh, in the early 2000s that won some awards in Canada. So shout out to Wendy. And she actually cut that Lexicon Nike head video, if you can believe that. Because I had no idea how to edit high eight tapes. And I still don't. Um, but I'm not editing as my forte. That's why I always to rely on CJ and Tommy uh, on occasion to help me edit the damn podcast. You know? So, that being said, uh, I'm going to play another song from their album from the year 2000. Uh, That I did Scratches on too. Uh, It's called Charismatic Rapper. I think this was produced by DJ Cheap Shot. Shout out to DJ Cheap Shot. Um, And great dude. I haven't talked to him in a long time. Also DJ Fisher if you're out there. Peace. And what else? Yeah. Enjoy. I'm going to let the whole song ride. Because uh, my cuts come in at the very end. So uh, yes. I love to do cuts. If anyone has an album they want me to do Scratches on. Uh you can get me for a very very modest fee uh you can reach out at twitter um at the houseless pod and uh, or anywhere you can find you can find me um people have been figuring out ways to reach out to me if you ever wrote a a note or an email about the show, I really appreciate it read those and I've gotten a a a healthy handful of them recently so big up I appreciate your time very very much and let's get into this joints y'all peace and i will see you guys on the next episode this is episode 85 of the Houses podcast all right y'all have a great week i'm out of here
4: let me take you back to the day when mcs were short and rap wasn't treated like a little league sport on this mom i want to rap when i come up and every MC could control the stage Remember back then? After the backspin? Before everyone who's a fan was rapping? Back when every album had a classic track And if it was on sale then the shit was whack Back when on Tuesday you could find me at the warehouse Every new release on one seen You remember it man? I remember it well Back when Rick the ruler was still locked in jail Back a half a decade when everyone had a fade And I taped every video that Rap City played Before Black Sheep broke up when S broke up, the Soul Brothers broke up, Tribe broke up. We were all smoked up. Big East Coast fans. Before job became focused only on boy band, Before rockets, Fat Beats, Bad Boy, and No Limit. Before I had a chance to come out independent. Sign hype was a sign of who's next before rap artists saw six figure checks back when major labels were screwing MCs and Nirvana and Pearl Jam ran MTV when a group put an album out every few years back when people made music for the listeners ears you remember it man it wasn't too long ago before we were old enough to go to a show it was just before all the major labels merged before rappers started using scientific words back when rap bands had a common bond if I heard a beat I could name the Song before every damn track was about apartheid and fellowship resided on 4th and broadway when i used to lay in my bed with my walkman on listening to mid shows till the break of dawn back when rap was half mellow half thug just before the mainstream was controlled by shows before biggie got shot before pop got shot back when rap was different than what the mainstream thought before he'll figure new his clothes, before beats took importance over lyrics and flows back when common love rap and i did too and every group of mc was a part of a group before everyone was preaching on the five elements and music and videos had no relevance before the reunion a guy an EBMd, remember when we all had a favorite mc cats had personality in the last chapter let's bring it back to the charismatic rapper